For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Yeah, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny, and the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball, and if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here, and now let's start the show. What's up, everyone? It's Nick. Amanda is unfortunately not with us today, but I have Ryan with me as always because he is the one constant in our lives. He's always there when we need him and when we want him. Um, you can follow him at DC Natchak. Follow me at Half Shack Cap. Follow Amanda, who's not with us, like I said, at a white seven eight seven seven. And uh, while I'm on the role here. Follow the show at Half Street High Heat. Follow Monty in the Half Street High Heat blog at M Davis Taylor. Follow OPT, our digital media coordinator at One Pursuit Takes. Um, I think that's everybody. But Ryan, how you doing, bud? You know, doing pretty good. Um, just booked a super cheap flight to wedding I have to go to. Shout out coronavirus, um, <laughs> blessing in disguise, and it is. Beautiful outside, gonna be seventy degrees tomorrow. So things are things are going very well. Wow, I'm honored that you take my wedding so seriously that you're flying to Fredericksburg uh, to to make my wedding. Flying to Roanoke and driving up. (laughs) It means the world to me, bud. (laughs) Oh man, Um, not much going on in the world of baseball though. 
I mean, spring training, which you're, you either are super into or you're not. I mean, I think you're fine either way. For me, I'm not. It's not really real baseball to me, right? I don't think you are either. Amanda is on the flip side. She lives and dies with spring training. Um, but to each their own. So, Ryan, why don't you uh, catch us up on what's been going on? Yeah. Um, so, the extensions have begun. Christian Yelich signs a seven-year, $185.6 million extension to keep him with the Brewers through 2028. With his current contract, that comes in just over $200 million a year. Yoan Moncada signs a five-year, $70 million extension with the White Sox. The weirdest story of the week, the Angels fired visiting clubhouse manager for providing pitchers with substances, and he was also altering the balls. He went, hmm, Angels are cheating? No, he was giving the balls to the road team and altering their balls so that they could pitch better against the Angels. Not sure uh, what the Angels did to that guy, considering he's a team employee, but pretty funny story. He's now been fired. Um, Yankee (laughs) scout Kelly Rodman passed away. She was one of three women scouts in all of baseball. Yankees injuries keep piling up, but it's the same group that's always hurt. Aaron Judge is out indefinitely due to a rib injury that dates back to last September. MLB said they will not be canceling any games due to the coronavirus as of yet but they are telling teams not to take balls and pins from fans. Teams are having players sign balls before games, and they're tossing them into the crowd so kids can still get their autographs. MLB and MLBPA have met to discuss potential limitations on in-game video for teams. This idea has been widely unpopular by players already. YouTube tried to work out a deal with Sinclair Broadcasting Group and Yes Network, that would have given YouTube TV rights to air sporting events from Fox Regional Networks, CBS Sports, NBC Sports, as well as Yankee Games. The deal unfortunately fell through. Amazon Prime stepped in right away and struck a deal with the Yes Network. Chris uh, Chris Sale has elbow soreness, is now on his third doctor. Um, not really a good sign. Trey Mancini is out indefinitely due to a non-baseball-related surgery. Orioles did not provide more information. They just said that they love and support trade during this time. Everyone is wishing him the best. To the Nats, Daniel Hudson says he is not a closer. He is just a reliever, and he does not plan on being a closer ever again in his lifetime. Adam Eaton is dealing with a strained calf. Davey said he won't be worried about opening day status unless Adam does not play this week. It is spring training, and it means absolutely nothing, but... The Nats' offense is last in home runs, OPS, slugging, and they have the second least amount of runs scored in spring training. And this Week in Review has been brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. Make sure you stop on by for dinner or lunch for their special 3 for 10 deal. That is $10 a person, and you get an appetizer, an entree, and a soda for $10. Make sure you go to Chili's. What a deal. Um, But... I know, I, at least I was talking about a panic button on Carter Keyboom. What's your panic meter on the offense as a whole? Like, I get it, spring training, but shouldn't, in, like, layman's theory, shouldn't we be teeing off on these, like, double-A pitchers? Yeah, because with spring training, pitching always lags behind offense. Like, if you have a bunch of pitchers who are struggling in the beginning of spring training, doesn't mean anything. And it's also the beginning of spring training, so it kind of reflects more on the farm system. But when you look at the guys who are going to be your starting rotation, none of them are really doing anything right now. 
It could just be, you know, they have a pretty short off season and they didn't really spend as much time training and preparing since they just won the World Series. Or it could just be a massive preview for the season because Juan Soto has an OPS over two and no one else is close. Um, I don't really think the offense is going to be good in the season. Uh, so let's just hope it's just a weird, meaningless spring training thing because um, there's a lot of good teams who are struggling, but their offense isn't struggling. So it's pretty yeah. interesting to see. Like, I mean, I get in theory, everyone, all the Nats defenders, like usually if they defend the Nats, if they defend the Nats on uh, the moves they made this offseason to quote unquote replace Rendon, typically they defend the Nats for every debate uh, ever. Um, like I get where they're coming from. Like you want to supplement Rendon's production with uh, other positions like Castro teams technically even the bullpen is making up for some production because our bullpen was historically bad last year and somehow we still won the world series so in theory you bring a better bullpen in to start the year you win more games and offense shouldn't as matter as much but we still had a good offense last year and it doesn't seem like we're replicating any of that success um, especially without Rendon which isn't an easy replacement uh, to to find, but I mean, I, I know I, I would think I'm more I'm I'm kind of worried. I, like you said, everyone outside of Soto is just not doing well. Yeah, I mean, so we've seen Kibum lately, who's he's starting to look a little better. He made his third error today, but he's putting together a lot better at bats. You knew he was going to be a little sluggish being young, but there's veterans here aren't even looking good either. Um, I just really hope that's not what we're in for in the season, because if we are, it's going to be a very miserable season. I could deal with bad defense. Um, we've dealt mm-hmm. with bad bullpens forever, but having a bad offense makes for the most boring brand of baseball in the history of the world. So uh, let's really hope they get together. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, I For as long as the Nats have been competitive, and obviously to be competitive, you have to have a good offense. But... I will just say since like 2009 or 2008, because that's when they went to the new stadium, uh, nothing happened in Nats history before, prior to that. Um, like we, we've never had a bad offense. Like our offense has always been respectable to borderline great. So this is kind of, for a while. Yeah, this is this is new. Like this is new territory, and obviously it's nice to have a, arguably the best pitching staff in baseball, and. Uh, finally a good bullpen going into the season like that's nice but like you said you said it perfectly uh no offense is one of the most boring things because uh, i mean if we lose on a 10-9 in extras at least that's offense but if we lose 3-0 because we didn't put up any runs i mean that just stinks so hopefully get it turned around like we said, we're not going to put too much stock into spring training, but it's just something to, to think about. So let's move on. Uh, we're going to continue our MLB preview. Uh, last week we did the AL and NL West. If you haven't caught up, you should go listen to that, listen to our breakdown of the divisions. Um, but this week we move on to the central, um, the states that do not exist. I'm talking about you, Wisconsin. Um, we're doing the AL and NL Central. We're going to start with the AL Central, and we'll start from the top, arguably the biggest mirage of the 2019 season, the Minnesota Twins. So going into 2020, they signed Josh Donaldson. They signed 
pieces to fill in their rotation. But how seriously should we take the Twins? Um, I'm going to say very seriously because this is now the Twins division. Um, mm-hmm. They won 100 games last year. They got better. Their lineup is very stupid and very deep. Um, there are some up-and-coming teams in the division, but it is still the worst division in baseball. The Twins, I'm sorry, the Indians are beginning their free fall. Um, the Royals are terrible. The Tigers White are Sox terrible. aren't ready yet. White Sox aren't there yet. So this is their division. They're going to win it again. Um, they do have some questions with their pitching, but in the American League, if you have an elite offense, that will make up for your that'll make up for your um, lack of starting pitching. Even though they do have a pretty solid rotation, it's not one of the tops in the American League. Um, so yeah, this is their division, and I think they're going to run away with it this year, like they did last year. I mean, they won by eight games. I think they're going to win by at least that again this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the White Sox are certainly they might be the most interesting team. Um, just because they have the young, youthful names and then kind of supplement big acquisitions like Yasmani Grandal. Uh, but it, it's still the Twins division. Uh, it's crazy that they won over 100 games uh, last year, but didn't they also set the single-season home run record too? And that was last year? They sure did, and they got better. Yeah, exactly. And then they added Josh Donaldson, who had nearly 40 home runs of his own. So, I mean, this is a fun team to watch. We were just talking about how offense equals fun baseball to watch. Uh, the Twins are a fun team to watch because they probably may, may be outside of a healthy Yankees lineup and I guess maybe the Dodgers. Twins have the best lineup in baseball, which they, they might be better than the Yankees and Dodgers head-to-head. And we, we don't know yet, but certainly a fun team to watch. Uh, I agree we should take them seriously. Uh, we'll see how their pitching kind of unfolds as the season goes on. They kind of did the same thing that the Rangers did, got mid-level pieces, but it's a, it's a pretty solid rotation. So we'll just see if they can step up and then bullpen can step up when when they need it. But let's move on to a team that's going the opposite direction of the, the Twins, uh, the Indians. And the question posed here is, aren't you glad you're not an Indians fan? Oh, well, for – Many reasons. One, you live in the Midwest, and Midwest isn't real. <laughs> Two, you live in Cleveland, which might honestly be the most depressing city in the world. You have the Browns, and you have the Cavs, and LeBron's left twice, so that says a lot about Cleveland. <laughs> um, I, know, I I like the Indians. They're one of my favorite AL teams, but like, whew, they're going rough. Um, Shane Bieber, they already announced he's going to be their opening day um, starter. Everyone kind of made fun of them for that because they're trying to brag about it. But Clevenger's hurt. Cookie Carrasco's out. Um, and, like, I don't know, just looking at their lineup, like, they got Roberto Perez, Carlos Santana, great. Cesar Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, down year, but great. Francisco Lindor, great. Domingo Santana, Delino De Shields, and Tyler Naquin. Just Not, doesn't move the needle at all. No, I mean, they're going to, they won 93 games last year because they took advantage of that weak division. I think they take a pretty big step back this year probably lose about sorry yeah lose about five more games but um cleveland you suck just your city's terrible yeah they'll be above 500 but i don't think they'll be a serious playoff threat and the whole situation for with francisco lindor is just mind-boggling because they have the money if you are a baseball owner you have the money that's not that's not a, a problem at all like 
I mean, yes, it's L.A. technically, but look at the Angels. They will always forever be the little brother to the Dodgers in L.A. or at least in that SoCal area. And they paid up for Mike Trout. Granted, it's Mike Trout, but Francisco Lindor is still one of the faces of baseball. You talk about one of the the play, like a player you want to build a franchise around. Francisco, Francisco Lindor is it. I mean, no off the field issues. He's a great guy. He I mean, you always catch him. Yeah, have you you always catch him smiling? I was just about to say that. I mean, he is a great guy. I think he's a switch hitter, shortstop. I mean. The list goes on and on for reasons to keep this guy. And he's 26. I mean, yeah, he, he's young. You all these long extensions, you have no problem giving him to, or no a team's not going to have any problem giving him a long contract. But it, it's just funny. Uh, I think it was last year. Uh, I think he still has a year left, or he's going into his final year. But the owner was like, "Enjoy him while we have him." Like what? what? Like today, cr- he was like, "What a crummy thing to say." Three hundred million dollar contract is the day like something absurd happens, right? Like, what, the, what a Indi- great guy. the Indians aren't notorious for being like spenders. Um, uh, I wish I knew the answer. It's someone funny. The Indians. Oh, it's I think it's Ed- Edwin Encarnacion is like the largest free agent contract they've ever given. It was like three years, sixty million. I, like I'm pretty sure that that was, that's the record for the an Indians contract. I mean, Yohan Mankata just got a, an extension longer than that. And he's played one full year in the majors, and it's same division. And you want to talk about the White Sox? The White Sox will always be little brother to the Cubs in Chicago too. So it's just a joke. I mean, it just goes to show how cheap owners are in baseball. Um, I mean, we have plenty of things to complain about with the learners but one thing we can't complain about is they do spend money um so that's certainly nice to have i wish they would have spent it more on bryce and or rendon but it's not my call so let's move on to the white Sox. arguably one of the uh if not the most exciting team heading into 2020 drafted by opt in our bandwagon draft do opt's white Sox have a good chance to win the division I want to say yes, just because, like, looking at the roster, it's a pretty good roster. Mm-hmm. It's just they're all so young and experienced, but also the Twins are the best team in that division, um, especially since the White Sox, the White Sox's ace, Gio Gonzalez, is hurt. Um, they're not going to be able to win the division <laughs> without him. But, no, this is a good team. I mean, you got Julito, Keiko, Reynaldo Lopez, LOL, I wonder where they got those two guys from, <laughs> Dylan Cease in the rotation. Four great young arms. Um, who and they have are, um, Kopech, right? Kopech's coming back. Yeah, they got Kopech. Um, he's yeah, he's one. Of the, he's like their top prospect right now, hitting one hundred and five mm-hmm. consistently. Um, yep. And like they got Grandal, Abreu, uh, Moncada, Anderson, who's a little overrated, but he's fun. Eloy Jimenez, mm-hmm. Luis Luis Robert, and like their entire team's just good. Um, I f- they I think they can challenge the Indians for coming in second, but not winning the division, but ask me again in two or three years, and this will be their division. Yeah. I I see the White Sox this year as kind of like what the Braves were 2018, if that makes sense, where no one really thought anything of them, but then they ended up winning the division. And, I mean, good for the Braves. That's the one nice thing I'll say about the Braves. But it also was like a year too early, you know, like they made it, but they weren't necessarily ready. 
Uh, and I, I can see a White Sox doing something like that, maybe sneaking into a wild card spot. And obviously, if you can make the playoffs, you're going to make the playoffs. But but what I mean by a year too early is like you're not necessarily a contender, even if you make the playoffs, um, just because you're inexperienced. I mean, this is a very young team. They did a great job adding Keuchel for a young rotation and Grendel to a young lineup. I mean, you could not write a better script uh as far as who you bring in to teach a young team. So I'm very excited for uh, what's going on in the South side uh, in Chicago. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch something to definitely keep your eye on. If that young team can hold their own, then yeah, I think we got to fight in our hands, but the twins are very good. So we shall see. Um, I mean, <laughs> this is the we worst division in baseball for, for sure. Next two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Royals. Um, you have Whit Merrifield. Congratulations. Whit Merrifield is awesome, and you won a World Series last decade. So, congratulations. <laughs> um, and then the Tigers, I guess we have to do, uh, just because Monty drafted them in the bandwagon draft. They were one of the worst teams in baseball history last year. Um so I guess we'll just leave it at this. Uh, what song should we make Monty do a uh, music video to when he loses because um, of his Tigers pick? Either Gangnam Style, um, <laughs> f- full-blown with costumes and everything of Thrift Shop, um, or whatever annoying hip song is the dance for uh, TikTok right now. For AP Breaky Heart. He has to do a ballad of AP Breaky Heart. AP Breaky Heart. I mean, first jump... Or first thing that came to my head was I the Tiger. I mean, just because you like you got that you have to live with your decision. Um, but the other one, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't even spit it out. It's so funny. Maybe Say So by Doja Cat. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. Yeah, this this Tiger's pick, man. Yeah, you're never getting on the pod, Monty. Yeah, you're never getting on the pod. All right, <laughs> let's shift gears to the National League, the inferior league to the AL due to the lack of DH. Um, we'll start with the top. This is a very interesting division. A lot of turnover, some good, some bad. Depends uh, what team you are a fan of. But we will start at the top from 2019. The Cardinals. Are they better or worse than they were last season? So this, the NL Central is the most fascinating division in baseball. Um, it's I'm so excited to watch it because any of these teams can win the division or any of them can, you know, win 75 mm-hmm. games. It's a very interesting um, division. The Cardinals, you like it. They're just always there. They're always in the hunt of it. There's the thick of it. Um, they lost Ozuna. They're placing him with O'Neal. But then again, Ozuna is one of the most overrated players in the league. I stand by that. They do have a pretty good rotation and a good bullpen full of some young guys. Um, they also have Andrew Miller locking down in the bullpen. Goldschmidt, Wong, DeYoung, Molina, and Bader. It's a pretty good core. Um, and they have a deep roster. I think they're probably about the same. The only reason why they would get worse is that you now the emerging Reds who are going to be another threat in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, hot, hot, hot take. No one in this division wins ninety games. I can see that just because we talk They're about the, so the AL Central and to an extent the NL West. They just beat up on the weaker teams in their division, and that kind of pads their wins. But you. Look- 
look at the NL Central, I think the Cardinals won the division at 91 or 92 games. So, in that last year, I mean. So, if you bump up the Reds' uh, win total, then I, theoretically that brings Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs' win totals down. So, I could absolutely see that. I think that's a great take. Um, Cardinals are very interesting because you lose Osuna, but I, I agree with you. He He's kind of overrated, but still a presence in, in the lineup. Nonetheless, I mean the Nats made light work of him in the NLCS. Well, the but, entire uh, team they did. That's a, but, yeah, that's a story for another day. Um, but we'll see. I think the offense is going to be the thing for them to really step up. Sort of like the Nats. I mean, losing Rendon certainly a bigger loss than Ozuna, but um, they have a still a very good pitching staff. Um, one guy you didn't mention, I think his name is Giovanni Gallegos. Uh, he is my dark horse for reliever of the year in the NL. I think he had like a one six five ERA last year. He's uh, slotted to be their closer this year because um, you have Carlos Martinez going back to the to the starting rotation. So that's a name to keep your eye on. And I th- I like Harrison Bader a lot. He did get sent down last year just because of offense. But his defense, I mean, he's arguably the best defensive center fielder in the league. So fun to watch. So we will. Uh, Keep an eye on the Cardinals. I think they're them and the Yankees. They have like the record for the most seasons above 500 consecutively. So it just goes to show how competitive the Cardinals always are. All right, let's move on to the Cubbies. Um, another very interesting team. You look at what 2016 was the year they won, mm-hmm. and just how like downhill it's gotten since then. Like you would have thought in 2016, it was like how many World Series are Cubs going to win? Not will they ever get back to one, you know? So with the Cubs, was Joe Madden really the problem or did the Cubs just stink? I think with the Cubs is that 2016 was a year of destiny. There were so many weird parallels between the 2016 team and the team that last won the World Series 108 years before that. But I think the problem with them is everyone's realizing their core is not nearly as good as they thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at their numbers, every single person on that team peaked in 2016, and they have been on a steady decline since. Chris Bryant is great. Um, he had a little bit of a down year for his standards, and his OPS was still over 900. You know what you're getting out of Anthony Rizzo, but Wilson Contreras, he's probably a top five or six catcher in baseball. It's not really saying much because there's not that many good catchers. I'd say top not, three, but yeah, again, yeah, like, still not saying much. Yeah, like everyone act like Kyle Schwarber was the next coming of Babe Ruth, but the dude sucks. He's a 40-40 guy, but it's like 40 errors and 40 strikeouts in a month. Um, Javi Baez, good player, but overrated. So over, he's so overrated. Right, let me take this back about Zuna. No, I'll, I'll leave it about Zuna. He is the most overrated player in baseball. The guy makes average plays look so freaking hard because he's just flashing, adds flair, great for the game, overrated. And, like, the rotation, Darvish always hurt, Quintana not that good, Chatwood kind of sucks, Lester, Hendricks, I do like them, but I don't know. I just I don't really think they're that good. Like, I, I see 84 wins from them this year. I, agree. I think everyone's realizing that their team's really not as good as everyone's been hyping them. Right, completely on the same page, and it probably doesn't make for great radio, great podcasting, but no, I completely agree. I mean, it's, to to answer the question, I think the Cubs just stink. Uh, I agree, 2016 was a year of destiny, and they were awesome. It was fun to watch. It's the greatest World Series of all time, and 
I mean, I'm a Nats fan. I just watched my team win the World Series in seven games. But that 2016 World Series was unlike anything else, um, especially that final game going to extra innings with a Rajai Davis home run and, I mean, Araldis Chapman blowing it. It's just electric. But, I mean, since then, it's really everyone's come back to down to earth uh, and to the player that they they really are. Um, Kyle Schwarber is a great point. Everyone thought he was the next best thing. Even the Cubs did. The Yankees wanted Kyle Schwarber in exchange for Araldis Chapman, and the the Cubs said, no, here's Glaber Torres instead. Like, <laughs> if you're Theo Epstein, how much do you regret that, especially after the Addison Russell, like, see, whole thing, which you couldn't see coming, but still, I, I mean, you wish you would still have Glaber Torres. I don't, I don't think he does because he really he won the World, he won the World Series when he spoke. No, 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 that, that, oh. no, I, it's, no, that's fair. I just mean he could well, have had a role to Chapman for, for Kyle Schorber instead of Glaber, Glaber Torres. You. He could have gotten him either way. But if I'm him, yeah. I just walk around knowing I ended an 86 and 108 year long. That's now, fair. I ain't got a That's fair. regret. <laughs> yeah. I can't argue with that. I mean, look what the Nats did. Everything they did prior to 2019 got them to where they were. So I guess yeah. it worked out in some capacity. So, yeah, flags fly forever. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have much hope for the Cubs. Anthony Rizzo, well, great. He's up there in age. I think he's 30 or 31 now which, I mean, it's always the golden years for people once you get past 30. That's why it's such a, such a, I don't know, conception about players past age 30. I think Rizzo is there, even though he's the face of the franchise. Chris Bryant, I still think, is great. Uh, I hope he goes to the Nats, but we will see. Um, but I agree, something around 83, 84 wins is where I see the Cubs. I don't think David Ross... David Ross is like a poor man, not a poor man's, but like a great value, Joe Madden. He he literally played for the Cubs like two years ago under Joe Madden. He's gonna come in with the same mindset, so I, I don't I don't get what the Cubs are doing there, but we'll move on. All right. So we'll go to the Brewers. Uh just re up Christian Yelich, but you look at the twenty 18 team, 2019 team versus what they have going into 2020. And it is a vastly different team. Yes, you still have Yelich, you still have Loki, and you still have Hater. But outside of that, you really do not have any of the, the holdovers from the past two years. So are the Brewers really a threat anymore? So they're the team that, like, I can't, I honestly, like, looking at this division, I really don't know what to peg them as. I think Vegas has their over under 84.5. Zips has them at 85 wins, and, like, looking at their team... It seems high, but I can't... Yeah, I can't peg it down. I don't know. Like, Braun's pass is prime. They got Smoke to fill in with him. You got Christian Yelich, who's a top three player in the game. Low Kane, who I really wish was national. Um, mm-hmm. I did when he was free agent. Very Same. good. They also have... Who I think is going to have a... Well, can't really say a big breakout year when he's only had, like, one year in the league. Um, they got Daddy. Um, Keston Hyora, um, I think he's going to be oh, great again this year. Um, he had a 938 OPS last year and 300 at-bats. I think he's going to be good. Was it that many? Wow, I thought he played for like 30 games. I didn't yeah, realize it was that many. But I'm looking at his uh, his baseball reference, 314 ABs. But Damn. I don't know. I just I think out of them, Hayter, Woodruff, Woodruff, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. nothing really excites me about them. I yeah. love their jerseys, though. Great jerseys. All right. 
great jerseys. And that's one thing we didn't talk about the Padres last week, and that's on me. Padres jerseys suck. I don't care so what bad. anyone says. The brown looks terrible. And honestly, the name Padres sucks too. What the Padres should have done is is like early 2000s when they went to the navy orange and white. They should have kept that because that was fire. But the brown pinstripes are trash. So bad. Just a disgrace for a San Diego team. But we're talking about the Brewers. Brewers fire, fire jerseys. Um, but we'll play our weekly game that I've, I'm currently 0-2 at. Uh, 0-2 at. But Ryan, name a starter in the Brewers rotation, not named Brandon Woodruff. Um, Brian Anderson. I, I don't know if that's right or not. <laughs> so, I mean, it just, <laughs> the fact that you didn't answer something right away. Yeah, I guess no, it goes Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson, so I went because you said Brian Anderson. Yeah, um, half credit, partial credit. We'll split that one. Um, but the rotation certainly isn't there, and that just goes to show my point. Uh, the bullpen should still be pretty good. They have Josh Hader still, noted racist Josh Hader, but, uh, I mean... Juan Soto has children all over the league. Um, but I think they're a good team still, but a threat? No, I think they've, they've missed their window, which stinks because 2018, they're one game away from the World Series. That would have been an awesome World Series to see. Uh, the Brewers, kind of the scrappy underdogs uh, versus anyone they play. Um, and that would have been an awesome World Series. Brewers, Red Sox, kind of very different teams, but... I think I think that's a wrap for them. I mean, good on them for locking up Christian Yelich long term, keeping their fans interested, and they have spent money in the off season with obviously the Yelich extension signing Locaine a couple of years ago, um, but not really much going on in Milwaukee right now. So we'll see. But we move on to I think the most exciting team. And we're talking about the White Sox as an exciting team, but the most exciting team, talking about spending money, making moves, working your way up. The Cincinnati Reds, Ryan, your Reds. Does the division run through Ryan's Reds? I want to say yes, not only because I picked them, but I, I do think they have a great roster, but I also firmly believe whenever those teams are declared like the winners of the offseason, they're usually a bust. Um, right now, the White Sox and the Reds are seen as that, but they got a good team. They added Mike Moustakis, 35 home run guy. Um, Joey Vado, who is on the downswing of his career, but he's still putting up pretty good numbers. Um, they added Nicholas Castellanos, the man who led the league in doubles I wanted last him year. so badly. Um, he's so happy to be out of Detroit. He's been great ever <laughs> since leaving them, even though it was only like a couple months. But then they have the best player in baseball, my man's. You, Winio Suarez in the heart of the lineup. <laughs> 50 ding-dongs last year, a 940 OPS. I'm excited for them. You add that with a great rotation with Castillo, Gray, Bauer, Wade Miley, and then you go to a bullpen that's got Garrett, who'll throw hands with literally anyone and everything. <laughs> you don't care who you are. Razo Iglesias, Strope. Oh, I, I smell 152 wins easily. <laughs> Uh, yeah, those 10 losses are against the Nats. Um, but I I think it really does run through the Reds because I, I think the Cardinals are worse. I think they're still being wildcard contention for sure, but I think the division runs through the Reds. 
not necessarily because they've they've certainly improved, but not to the point where they're going to win 152 games, like Ryan said. Um, but the, the rest of the division hasn't really gotten better. Cardinals arguably have gotten worse. Cubs probably about the same, and Brewers have gotten worse. So the fact that the Reds have gotten so much better, it probably does run through them. They have a very good rotation. Uh, the top three are, when they're on, arguably the best in baseball. Um, the lineup was a problem last year. They addressed it. Castellanos, a couple of international signings. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, like you talked about. Joey Votto still doing the thing. Um, I, I think it, it's looking good. It's very, very good in Cincinnati. And I, I think I think we'll be seeing... Uh, the Reds come October, so good pick, Ryan. Um, and then to f- wrap up today's episode of, or at least the segment on <laughs> the central preview, let's say something nice about the Pirates. Um, you have the nicest stadium in baseball. Uh, that, damn it, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's really the only thing I have. Nice. Uh, all right, let's play extra game. Uh, well, no, the, eh. I was going to say name of someone in the Pirates rotation not named Chris Archer, but then I thought of Trevor Williams. Can you can you name anyone else? Sorry, wait, what was the question? Name someone in the Pirates rotation not named Chris Archer or Trevor Williams. Um, Shoot, what's his name? Yeah, they uh, they got him from that team. Oh, no, no, they traded him away. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> can you name... Someone in the Pirates lineup not named Josh Bell or Starlin Marte? Um, Joey Smith Atori. <laughs> Joey Smith Atori. Like they have that, that Brian Reynolds. They're Brian Reynolds. That that would have been my answer, and I couldn't name a single one after that. <laughs> oh, man. I followed yeah. baseball pretty well, but I think the Pirates are a team I just do not care about whatsoever. Talk about some of the worst owners in baseball. Like we complain a lot, but just doing these division previews, you, you go, you, you and you see these terrible owners. Like the Pirates owners refuse to spend money. I mean, we talk about the Indians being cheap. Pirates might be the cheapest team in baseball, including the Mets. So wild, wild stuff. Um, but that wraps up the AL and NL Central. Next week is the week everyone's been waiting for. We do the AL and NL East. So looking forward to that, uh, diving into some good AL East baseball and also some of the Nats uh, division rivals. Um, But let's shift gears here. We're going to do kind of a dream like scenario segment and we're going to talk about interviews so this is just ryan and i spitballing talking about if we could interview anyone anyone who would we want it to be uh what would we talk about stuff like that so we're going to break it up uh we'll do three quote-unquote realistic interviews and that includes dc personalities um so from 1067 the fan or Masson or NBC Sports Washington, anything like that, including some players, because we'll 
we'll put DC sports players under realistic. Um, I mean, technically we have interviewed one before Ryan Harper, and then we'll do unrealistic, which is anyone in baseball. If we could get our dream guest, who would it be? So Ryan, your first realistic dream interview, who would it be? Realistic. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny putting, cause uh, I feel like we've reached out to a lot, but, and we've interviewed some, some good people, but realistic. Who's your first yeah, we've, interview? Yeah, we've done some good people. Um, I really you know Grant Paulson. Everyone hates him, yeah, but I really like Grant Paulson. Would love to interview him. Um, I will find your email, and I will email you, and I will get you on my podcast, Grant Paulson. Um, I know you're listening to this. Um, that's one of yeah. My, yeah. I was just going to say, that's one of mine, too. And it stinks because I I was the one who threw him a beer while he was on the uh, the bus. What do you call those things? Um, just the bus the upper deckers yes yes when he was on top i threw him a beer and he chugged it and i thought we had a connection going we talked on twitter for a little bit and then i asked him to come on the pod and he ghosted me so <laughs> there's that thanks grant what's it low to have you in the pod and it's kind of funny because danny does our our intro to the show now uh, that johnny holiday or whatever bob carpenter impersonation does at the beginning that's that's danny ray how do you say his last name? Rue here? Rue, yeah. Rue, yeah. Uh, that's him. So it would be fun to get him and or Grant on the podcast. Um, one of mine, I don't know how great of an interview he would be, but I just know the name and the name like will bring in lots of listeners and uh, attract a lot of audience. And that's Mark Zuckerman. I, I think he would be fun to talk to. He seems he's been covering the Nats for as long as I remember. Um, he's been a staple, lots of articles, lots of mass and coverage. So I would love to interview him and just see his take on what the Nats have done since, you know, even 2005. Uh, cause I mean, we've interviewed Sam Forte and Jesse Doherty, but they're younger guys and not that that's a bad thing, but they haven't been covering the Nats for the length of time as some of these other folks. So I think talking to someone like Mark Zuckerman would be awesome. Um, Ryan, what's your next one? So my next one, this guy agreed and principal to come on the show, but my source who was arranging it fell through. Um, so I'm going to have to reach back out. And that is Mass and Dan, Dan Coco. Um, everyone loves Mass and Dan. I don't think Mass and Dan loves anything in this world more than the Nationals. Um, and we were so freaking close to getting him on. And then it fell through. So I got him for my realistic one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, what was the guy's name? Uh, random thought. Wouldn't necessarily be a dream interview. But you know what? Uh, like anytime there's something on the Jumbotron, like a giveaway or a contest, that white guy does it now. Uh, but it wasn't always the white guy. There was a black guy before him with dreads. Do you remember his name? Oh, um, yeah. I. Oh, my God. He follows me on Twitter. Um, so, I miss him so much. He's someone is listening to this and just screaming at their their radio or their headphones, like with the name. But yes, I can't. And, like, <laughs> and they got really ugly. The Nats like forced them out for some reason. Yeah. And yes. Oh my yeah. god, I miss him so much. Yeah, he was the man. He was awesome. And the guy now, like, he's fine, but he just doesn't excite me. That guy, whatever his name was, if you're listening. <laughs> You were awesome, and the Nats sucked for getting rid of you. Um, I miss so, you. come back. Um, my next one, we'll shift to a player. Player's kind of tough 
because I love the Nats, but they have a lot of boring players. Like that, <laughs> that's just the nature of it. Like the the mean tweets thing is like s- some of the most Those I've ever heard. Mean. Yeah, they're not even mean. Like that's the first part, but. It, it's, it's like the most I've ever heard most of those players talk. Like, Steven Strasburg, all credit to the world. I mean, he's awesome. But well, that he's was like, his idea, fun fact. Yeah, he's quoting, or, or he's coming out of his shell, but he's still kind of boring, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and if, if you talk baseball about, about or with him, um, I'm sure it would be more exciting. But... On paper, they don't really have any of those personalities. Even Juan Soto would be a tough interview just because of the language barrier and stuff like that. Um, but you I'm just going to go at the top. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll still interview him. Come on the pod, Juan Soto. Um, I'm going to start at the top and go Max Scherzer. Obviously, he's been with the Nats for, what, six years now, something like that. Um, but it was a very unique time because at the time we signed him, we already had a very good rotation. And he was a luxury almost uh, at the time. I remember everyone on ESPN saying it was the like most all in move they could remember just because the Nats had a good rotation. They got, they went out and opened the checkbook for the best free agent on the market. And thank God we did because otherwise we'd still be stuck with Jordan Zimmerman as opposed to Max Scherzer. Uh, how different that <laughs> reality would have been. God. Um, <laughs> But he he has a very unique perspective because I, I believe at the time he got the record for a starting pitching free agent contract at seven years, 210, and Strauss and Cole beat that this offseason. Um, so, but at the time, it was a very unique perspective to be in, uh, joining another, another team and uh, going through that process. And that doesn't even begin to cover like the world series victory and what it meant to him and the Cy Youngs and uh, coming over to a different team and being the ace, like trying to live up to that contract. Cause we've seen plenty of big contracts just completely fail. Cause guys fail to live up to it. I mean, um, I know I listened to an interview with Barry Zito where he talked about it. And at the time, Barry Zito signed that mega deal with the giants. He was just talking about dealing with the pressure of pitching to that, that number value and providing that value to you your team that just invested so much in to you. So Max Scherzer, I could talk to him for hours and hours and hours on ends. I have zero doubt about that. So that would be my one player I would love to talk to. So I didn't go player. Uh, my third guy, my last guy for realistic. Um, I listened to him present to all my classes in undergrad and he's on the radio all the time. He's actually pretty boring, but I would just love to talk to him and just ask him so many more questions. It is Dan Steinberg of the DC Sports Blog. That's a good one. Um, I really want to interview him. Um, he came and presented to my class, and he's so socially awkward. It's so funny. But I asked him a question about like how to grow Natchak, and gave me a great answer, and I did it, and it worked. So shout out to the mastermind behind DC Natchak. That is Dan Steinberg. <laughs> and we will interview Dan. I know you're listening to this. And uh, get rec- records and radio to come with you. Yeah, right. the D in DC Natchak stands for Dan. Yeah. Um, no, that that would be a great one. My last one, I'm kind of a cop-out answer, but I need to talk to Mike Rizzo. I mean, after all of the scrutiny he's undergone and then the absolute flex he had at the parade carrying around the World Series trophy like it's a baby and smoking a cigar with his hat backwards and shades on, I mean, I need to talk to him <laughs> and just ask him what's going through his mind because uh, he might have been 
I mean, two years ago, I think it was, there was all the reports about how he had the hardest GM and job in baseball just because of what the learners were doing to him, I mean, vetoing countless trades. I'm sure even trades we haven't even heard of, but David Robertson comes to mind. Chris Sale comes to mind. Um, I mean, I'm sure the list goes on and on. So I'd love to talk to him because I'm sure he can shed light on a lot of misconceptions and truths that we have come to realize uh, in this weird roller coaster of a Nats fandom since 2005 and 2012 <clears throat> and, and all that stuff. Um, but let's shift. Unrealistic, but who knows? The fact that Natchak's growing by like a thousand followers a day, we can get there. But unrealistic interviews. If you could interview anyone you want, who would you do it? Um, so I'm going pretty big for the first one. Um, I, uh, I guess not that big. Bryce Harper. Bigger people. <laughs> uh, I miss him. Um, I am going Mike Wilbon. He's a DC native. He worked for the post, um, was here for a while. Huh. He's a DC sports fan, even though he poo-poos on them all the time on PTI. But having... well, no, no, no. I mean, we poo-poo on them. So clearly he's a true DC sports fan. Through and through. <laughs> he poo-poos on them more than we do. And he does on the national <laughs> stage. Getting him be really interesting, and like he's kind of argumentative, and so are we. So I feel like that would just be must listen to podcast. Love to talk to Mike Wilbon and just ask him so many questions, and then also tell him to hire me so I can take his job at ESPN. <laughs> no, that would be a good one. Um, there's the list goes on and on, but I'll start from the top just because he was my favorite player growing up, and then scandal broke out and. It, just, it felt like I got cheated on by an ex or something. But then lately, he's just been like the apple of my eye again. And that's Alex Rodriguez. Love oh, that man. man. I was going to say him. I love that man. I want to ask and about J-Lo. Yes, that too. But talk about like a, resurrecting a <laughs> a, yeah, a career. Because he even at the time he retired, people hated him. And I know people still do, but... Talk about a complete 360 and locking down a job, uh, not only ESPN, but Fox, too. He's that desirable. He's almost like, almost on the Tony. Oh yeah, he's on Shark Tank. He's almost like the Tony Romo of the MLB. Like, it seems like everyone wants him. He has a unique perspective. Um, and I, I just need to talk to him. And also the fact that he retired, like, three or four home run short of 700. That's wild to me because I would have like signed with the Marlins if it meant I could hit four more home runs and get to 700. But to each your own, I would need to talk to Alex Rodriguez first and foremost. That's a good one. So now I got to find a third one. Um, my <laughs> second one, um, I'm gonna, I would say Vince Scully. Um, I love that one. I just, I just want to listen to him talk all day long. Like, I want to do the podcast interviewing him while he's tucking me in bed. I just ask him a question <laughs> and he just tells me the greatest story of all time that goes on for about 10 minutes by wouldn't care at all because it's Vince Scully telling me a story and it will never happen, but I will interview Vince Scully one day. You may not know what the podcast is, but we will interview you. You can mark my words. Yeah. Um, mine would absolutely be Pete Rose. Uh, Cause Steroids are one thing. Um, cheating like the Astros did is another. But 
Pete Rose didn't necessarily cheat the game. He disrespected the game, absolutely, but a lifetime ban is kind of severe in my opinion, especially when you look at what the Astros have been doing for three years and they're still playing this year. I mean, come on. Uh, So I would need Pete Rose's perspective, and I would need to know if he's gotten over it or if it still bothers him, how he's come to terms with it, whether it's good or bad. There would be a huge conversation to dive into there uh, that I would very much like be a fan of, even though I would be the one conducting the interview. I need to know what Pete Rose is thinking and if uh, he ever thinks he'll be in the hall. That's a good one. I'm between, I was between two people. Um, I was between Bill Buckner for the obvious reason, ask him why he can't field a routine ground ball and how many times did he um, think about that at night, all night long, because he yeah, lost the series. Um, but I am going with the greatest player in baseball history. I will die on this hill because he is Barry Bonds. He just did a really good interview um, with the athletic and I would love to speak to him and talk to him about how it feels to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Undoubtedly all his steroids use everyone hating him and like not being able to get into the hall of fame, even though he greatly deserves it. Um, that'd be so great too. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that, but I ultimately went a rod just cause a rod's more of a media personality. I feel like his answers would be more in depth. Not that Barry Bonds. Oh, a rod I mean. was in my list, but I didn't yeah. mix it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barry Bonds was coaching for the Marlins a couple of years ago, so he's definitely still into the game and ha- has a love for it. So that would be a great interview. My last one, kind of pivoting here, and I didn't put him in my realistic one because I don't think he would ever, I don't want to say associate with the Nats, but he wants people to forget his Nats tenure, and that's Drew Storen. I mean... You talk about 2012 and just how devastating that was. Even for, even when we lost 2014, 2016, 2017, I don't think any of them were as devastating as 2012. 2012 was supposed to be our year of destiny. That team was stacked. Everything was like locked and loaded and ready to go. And we were winning. We had a chance. And Drew Storm comes in, our closer, who was – lights out all year and completely chokes. Uh, I I wouldn't want him to like, like the passes in the past, the NASA won the world series. So I'm not too like mad at him anymore or anything like that. So I wouldn't want to pry at old wounds or whatever, but I would, I would like to know what his thoughts are on the whole thing. And if, if things have really settled down since then, because he hasn't been the same pitcher since, since then, I mean, it's been absolutely rough road for him. So I would like to know what he's thinking. But I don't know. Maybe. Can't. Can't. Never say never. Never say never. We'll see if uh, Drew or any of our uh, interviews ever come on the pod. We would absolutely love to have them. But let's move on to everyone's favorite segment and talk Twitter questions. Just a couple this week, kind of keeping it short. Um, first one from at KL comments. How come Nats won't sign autographs for the fans, but they can get autographs from the POTUS? PS and so, sarcastic. 
In case you guys didn't see, Pastor Corbin posts on his Instagram a picture of Donald Trump signing a hat for Corbin, um, especially in this area. That's a little controversial. Um, I canceled Kurt Suzuki for something similar, and I had the entire Republican Party come at me for it. Um, <laughs> great times. Oh, man, that was the easiest thing I've ever done. Um, yeah, I don't want to touch this one right now because I – don't want to anger people on my podcast. I anger people on Twitter all day long, but I will not anger mm. people on the pod. Yeah, we're not a political podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't ever care to. If I ever partake in a political podcast, like, shoot me, because <laughs> clearly I've gone off the rails. Politics are an absolute uh, feel joke. The book. Uh, <laughs> politics are a joke and a waste of time. You can't change my mind on that. Our votes don't matter. Feel the um, next question, at L. <laughs> Arizona Nats fan loss. Uh, which division <laughs> will be more competitive, AL Central or, or NL Central? We touched up on it, uh, but I think the NL Central. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the AL Central's super top heavy. Uh, I don't think the Indians are going to be uh, competitive. Like, I mean, that's the question. I don't think they're going to be very competitive. White Sox could be, but aren't as is, or like at least this current stage in time they're not so it's really just the twins to lose um whereas the nl central you have an argument for four teams for why they should win the division i mean cardinals won it last year cubs still have the same core as when they won the world series uh the brewers have a top three player in the game and and have thrived on this next man up underdog mentality and the reds are the biggest night and day from 2019. So it's absolutely the NL Central, as we so eloquently touched on earlier in this podcast. And then a final question from our own Amanda at a white seven eight seven seven. Why is Half Street High Heat the best national podcast? I'll hang up and listen. I mean, even when she's not here, she's making an impact. You got three just <laughs> remarkable, I mean, truly remarkable personalities. Yeah, um, Ryan, and then, Amanda, Amanda, and Monty. <laughs> and then we go around, we go around, we got OPT giving us, you know, great graphic design edits. We also have people sending out emails about us. Um, we don't have anyone who writes blogs, though. That's probably something we got to get. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the wet. We're just fans who get it. We're for the fans, by the fans, and I will hype myself up all day long and Chili's. Um, who else can you get Chili's gift cards from? Think about Honestly. It. Think about and it. And we've had the Chili's partnership for, I don't know, what, month and a half now, and we've sent out, like, 10 Chili's gift cards. And we have plenty more. Like, my, it's hard for me not to, like, spend the Chili's gift cards on my own just because of how many we got. So thank you to Bill Libby, at Luther Libby on Twitter. We interact with him frequently. He's a, a big Nats fan. Um and obviously to our local chilies, they're awesome, uh, giving us a lot of swag. I'm actually wearing my Team Rita shirt right now. No joke, no cap. Uh, I'm wearing awesome. my World Series champ shirt right now. <laughs> uh, they're giving us lots of gear, obviously lots of gift cards to hand out to you, our heaters, our listeners. Um, and we're going to, during the season, we have a lot of ideas in store of what we can do to grow not only the Half Street High Heat brand, but the Chili's love too. Because they are absolutely awesome. Cannot recommend them enough. And it's not just a joke because we actually do eat there frequently. We love their food. Strawberry margaritas slap. 
Um, and you have to try what is it, Lucky Jameson Margarita this month? Yes, it's very good, quite tasty. Uh, lift your spirits. St. Patty's Day. Uh, what ten nine to ten days away? Uh, highly it. recommend. You make your uh, way down to Chili's. Uh, baby back ribs. Um, but Ron, you got anything else? I think that does it for the show. Um, no. Um, happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. Oh yeah, that's today, right? Happy International Women's Day. Shout out, ladies of Nationals Twitter. Great idea. You guys are killing it. Um, But I think that does it for us. So, again, follow Ryan at DC Natchak. Follow myself at Cap. Amanda, as we said, at AWhite7877. Monty at M. Davis Taylor. OPT at One Pursuit Takes. Uh, The Nats Report, who we partner with. They send out daily briefings on the Nats and what's going on. At the Nats Report, subscribe to their uh blog or whatever you call it, email blast chain it's awesome just a nice concise update of what's going on uh every morning they're on top of the game and of course at chili's they are very interactive on twitter awesome food awesome time great family casual dining but for ryan and myself and amanda vicariously we thank you and see you later There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. the early light of dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book let's go nats we've got a game to play we're gonna win today let's ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.